Welcome everybody to another episode of Shot in the Dark. I am your host, John Cena Eva here. Let's get right down to it, starting with the AEW Rampage right before the All Out pay-per-view. And it starts with the Ring of Honor Tag Team Battle Royal. The match starts with the Butcher and the Blade and the Gates of Agony, both eliminating the members of the Outrunners with one each. Chuck Taylor eliminated Ryan Nemeth. The Hardys attacked Peter Avalon as Avalon then gets tossed out by Trent Beretta. The Hardys and the Best Friends have a delete hug-off as Mark Davis eliminated Bishop Khan. Toa Leona eliminated the Blade, but the Blade holds onto Tiona's leg as Kyle Fletcher eliminates Leona. When we come back from break, Dutch eliminates the Butcher. Jeff Hardy takes out Vincent, who then pulls off Matt Hardy, who was grappling with Dutch. And this is the Righteous making their AEW debuts here. I can see a Righteous Hardy's match down the line, possibly in a cinematic type match. I think that would be kind of cool. During this distraction, Alex Reynolds eliminates Jeff Hardy as Action Andretti and Darius Martin eliminate Dutch. Aussie Open took out Andretti before Darius Martin tossed out Reynolds. John Silver follows this by tossing out Martin. Now it's down to John Silver by himself with the best friends and Aussie Open. Aussie Open tosses out Taylor. Silver starts working with Aussie Open to attack Beretta, but Beretta is able to fight them off and tosses out Fletcher. Reynolds caught Silver on the outside, saving him from elimination by putting him on the steel steps as Beretta eliminates Mark Davis. But then Silver runs in, takes out Beretta very quickly, giving the Dark Order the win here, and they ended up facing Adam Cole and NJF at All Out. After the break, Aussie Open got in Chris Jericho's face, who was on commentary, but Sammy Guerrero ran out to save Jericho with a bat as they ended up having a match on Dynamite. We get a video from Mike Santana who tells a story about starting from the beginning of him, debuting in AEW, and four months later, his dad passing away, and how this sent his career spiraling down, and then he got hurt at Blood and Guts. He ends with inviting us to take a walk with him on this journey as he has a story to tell. El Hijo de Vikingo and Nick Wayne defeated Gringo Loco and Kip Sabian in a pretty good fast-moving match here. After Vikingo hit a 6.30 senton on Gringo for the pen. Gringo's also making his AEW debut in that match. We go to QTV where Johnny TV is in charge now because QT is too busy defending his title at a progress show as they show highlights from that. Johnny asks Aaron Solo and Harley Cameron for some dirt. They bring up how Sammy Guevara literally got a push in London and Daniel Garcia stealing his dance moves from Britney Spears. Johnny sees, Johnny says that they need more sludge as he tosses coffee onto Harley and says that now he's in charge, there's going to be big changes around here. Hangman Adam Page defeated Brian Keefe. Keefe had an insert promo here who says he's been on Rampage on his own lately and he's uh, here to hunt a cowboy. This match only went about three and a half minutes or so, but it was hard hitting until Page stopped Keith with the buckshot lariat to get the quick win. Definitely want to see these two run it back and these two have, you know, the bounty hunter and the cowboy gimmicks, so they definitely work well together. Renee was with Daniel Garcia, Angela Parker, and Matt Menard who cut a promo before they challenged the acclaimed Billy Gunn for collision for the trio's title. Renee then had a sit-down with Roderick Strong, who said that this is between him and Adam Cole, as Adam knows what he did, and he can't help Renee if she doesn't know what that is. He gets upset and leads with the kingdom and tells Renee to ask Adam some questions instead. And in the main event, Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale defeated Anna Jay and Taya Valkyrie. Anna kicked Taya at the end by accident, as Blue followed this by hitting the code red on Anna for the pen. Taya attacked Blue after the match. We go to Impact Wrestling, and before the Impact, Kushida defeated the debuting Drilla Maloney, also known as Dan Maloney of the Bullet Club for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Pretty good match here until Kushida put the hoverboard lock on Maloney to make him tap out. The main show starts with a 10-knockout battle royal for a shot at the Impact Knockouts Championship, which is going to take place at Victory Road. And this has MK Ultra's Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich, Giselle Shaw, Savannah Evans, Kylan King, Alicia Edwards, Courtney Rush, and Jessica of the Death Dolls, Jody Threat, and local talent Vanna Black. MK Ultra tosses out Black for the first elimination. Killer Kelly shortly gets eliminated after this by Evans. Then as Jay Vidal helps Giselle Shaw from getting eliminated, she pulls out Slamovich to eliminate her. Rush and Giselle ended up eliminating each other. Kylan King tosses out Jessica as Jody Threat dropkicks Evans to the outside. And it's down to Jody and Kylan who go back and forth for a while. But as they're fighting on the apron, and we find out Alicia Edwards has been hiding under the ring for the majority of the match when she looked like she got eliminated earlier, but she actually didn't. So she takes them both out to win the match, and she will get a title shot against Trinity in White Plains at Victory Road.
The Motor City Machine Guns were backstage trying to send a message to Leo Rush, but Josh Alexander interrupts them and apologizes for costing them the match at Emergence by going after Steve Macklin. Alexander mentions getting the Impact World title back, and this kind of offends Alex Shelley, who thinks Alexander is treating him like a transitional champion. Shelley tells Alexander to take care of Macklin, and maybe he'll get a shot in the future. Chris Sabin was still trying to talk to Rush, but then the Rascals interrupt them and throw in their faces that they won the tag team title, so Chris Sabin challenges Zachary Wentz for a singles match later on tonight. Alicia and Eddie Edwards are celebrating backstage, and they call themselves the power couple of Impact Wrestling as Alicia tells Trinity that she's coming for her. We have Mike Bailey versus Crazy Steve, which ends in disqualifications in under 20 seconds. When Steve, with a bit of a new look here, he has a remix of his old Decay theme, and he's wearing a really creepy-looking mask here, and he rips it all to reveal his face. Uh, definitely a new presentation here from Steve, and I actually like it. But as the match starts, Steve goes right after Bailey's eyes, and the referee disqualifies him. Steve then knocks down the referee, grabs a fork, and goes after Bailey with it, but Bailey's able to escape. Black Tarus comes out to stop Steve, but Steve attacks him, going after Tarus's eyes, and it looks like the, decay, the decay is now over. Security try to stop Steve, but he gets attacked, but he attacks them instead, uh, going after one of the guard's eyes before eventually leaving. So a new vicious side to Crazy Steve here. Bully Ray interrupts Brian Myers, Moose, and Eddie Edwards talking about their match tonight as Ray tells Myers and Moose that he needs their help with PCO, and they say they want nothing to do with him and walk away as we hear PCO screaming for Bully as Bully runs away. But when we come back from break, Bully Ray is trying to hold PCO back from a door, telling him to calm down and that he's gone too far. Bully starts to explain that he didn't try to kill Carl, he tried to kill the monster that is PCO because he cares about Carl and said that he needs the man's back, not the monster. So I can see a transformation here from PCO going back to Carl Ouellette. Eric Young defeated Khan. There's no Diener by Khan's side here, as Diener is out from injuries from his match against Eric Young in Emergence. Young hits a pile driver to Khan on the outside, but he was actually able to crawl back inside before the 10 count, and then Khan hits him with another one after Khan tells him to finish um, him. Young hits him with another pile driver to get the pin. Leo Rush was backstage, had a message for Chris Sabin saying Sabin isn't ready to get in the ring with him just yet, and Kushida interrupts him and says that he's going to be catching his ultimate X at the Victory Road. We see a video of Jordan Grace at the gym getting ready for her return at Victory Road. Gia Miller asks Diana Perrazzo where her head at is after, uh, after losing to Trinity for the knockouts title. And Deanna transitioned this into Jordan Grace trying to steal her spotlight, so he challenges her to a match at Victory Road instead. Chris Saban defeated Zachary Wentz. Both Alex Shelley and Trey Miguel get involved in the outside, and it was Saban hitting the vicious-looking missile dropkick and the cradle shock for the pin. ABC was backstage talking about the Rascals cheating to win the tag titles as the good hands interrupt them, and they set up a match for next week. Santino Morello is backstage as Subculture walks in and asks them for a rematch for the tag title. Santino says that he already made a match for the Rascals versus Motor Machine Guns for next week as Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan interrupt them, asking for a title shot. So Santino makes a match between these two teams. Instead, Joya then walks in as Santino says they'll, they'll get a title shot one day if they keep it up. Kenny King and Sheldon Jean were in the ring as Kenny was hyping up his digital media title reign as we get a Hansi sighting in the crowd. Shout out Hansi. He started running down all the people that he beat that King did, not Hansi. Tommy Dreamer then heads to the ring and says four hours before emergence, Johnny Swinger got a call that his father-in-law had passed away, but he still went out and had the match. Swinger called him and thanked him for having his back and put over the women's main eventing as King was too busy outside partying, not watching the main event. King pretended to care about this whole thing, but then saying he doesn't give a damn about his father-in-law, and he did what Dreamer used to do as he looked up to him. King talked about Dreamer not wanting to give up his spot, as Dreamer ended up cutting an amazing promo about how he turned down millions of dollars from WCW and WWE because of what he believed in. He listened to veterans like Mick Foley, Terry Funk, and Paul Heyman because they helped him to get where he was. Dreamer said, yeah, he's old, but he brought up people like Sting, Chris Jericho, and PCO, still wrestling, and said if he wants to keep knocking him, then he can step up and knock him down if he wants that spot. Dreamer talked about 2023 being hard for him from losing his mom, being diagnosed with skin cancer, and losing his wrestling 
grandfather in Terry Funk, so he proposed putting his career on the line at Victory Road against King's digital media title. Great promo here from Dreamer. I can honestly see this being Dreamer's last match, being in White Plains, very close to Yonkers, uh, possibly this beating very much to him, and maybe he is ready to hang it up, so we'll find out soon enough. They announced that Awesome Kong will return to the ring at Impact 1000, and we then cut to Gil Kim, who says that if she, if Kong is going to return, then she will as well, and there will be partners and invites all knockouts past and present to stand with them or without them. We find out there's going to be a 10 Impact knockout match with two empty spots on both sides for some mystery partners. In the main event, Sonata, Frankie Kazarian, and Jake Something defeated Eddie Edwards, Moose, and Myers when Something hit Myers with a void for the pin and a very fun six-man match. We go to ROH on Honor Club. Zack Sabre Jr. defends the New Japan World Television title against Metalik. Good match here with Saber catching Metalik as he was trying to uh, hit his elbow drop from the ropes right into the bow and arrow stretch while twerking on the wrist as Metalik submits. Lexi narrates backstage with Cole Carter and Maria Canellis as Lexi asked Carter what he said to Griff Garrison last week. Carter said that Maria had an opportunity for Griff as Maria said it might be good for Carter to have some friends, possibly uh, teasing a tag team here. Carter asked Maria to walk out with him tonight. She initially said no as she had to call her kids, but then she really said okay, just this one time. Josh Woods defeated John Walters in a couple minutes after hitting a knee into the Woods lock as Walter gave up. This is Walter making his Honor Club debut and his first appearance in ROH since 2021. The Workhorseman and Liam Moriarty defeated Invictus Cash, Lord Crew, and Beef. Beef is formerly Gnarls Mar- Garvin from MLW. The crowd gets behind Beef a little bit, but Henry hits it with a double stomp, followed by top rope moonsault from J.D. Drake for the pen. Cole Carter with Maria defeated Justin Jackson from OVW very quickly after hitting the eye of the beholder. Emmy Sakura defeated Alice Crowley with a double underhook backbreaker. This is Sakura's first match in ROH since March. And Helico and Serpentico of the Spanish Announce Project defeated the Outrunners, who also haven't been on ROH for a while, last time being in February. And Helico gets a submission on Turbo Floyd with a single leg grab. Marina Shafir, making her ROH debut, defeated Angelica Risk in Marina's um, Honor Club debut. Technically, she was on the Jay Briscoe tribute show, so I guess that was her first match. Shafir pretty much toyed with Risk the entire match, then quickly ended it by submission with a mounted triangle. And in the main event for the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Championships, the Mogul Embassy defeated Lee Johnson, Darius Martin, and Action Andretti. Pretty competitive match here with Brian Cage pitting Johnson after the assisted sit-out powerbomb. I have to admit, this is the most AEW Dark-like episode of ROH I've seen in a while. It was under an hour. And we only got two title matches, and every other match here um, was under five minutes. So they definitely felt like quick enhancement matches. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it definitely felt like AEW Dark. MLW Fusion, this is a countdown show from right before Fury Road, and it pretty much just had highlights from Alex Kane and Willie Mack getting ready. Uh, we see Kane training in Big Bear, California, with Mack getting ready in South Central Los Angeles, talking about his life growing up there. They show some of the old matches as Alex Kane defeated Alex Hammerstone to win the MLW World title back in Never Say Never. We see Alex Kane and Mr. Thomas head into Miami, Florida to do more training at Don King's Gym, and then we see when Willie Mack became number one contender on an episode of Fusion by beating John Hennigan and Leo Rush. I do have a report of MLW Fury Road up on PulseWrestling.com if you want to check it out. Women of Wrestling Superheroes, Chantilly Cello defeated Tormenta after hitting a spinning kick. Gigi Gianni defeated Randy Ra Ra. This is supposed to be a six-person match with Gigi, Robbie Rocket, and BK Rhythm versus Team Spirit, but Coach Campanelli and Ale- uh, Ariel Sky did not come out with Randy. David McLean asked Randy where her partners were, and she says she doesn't know, she hasn't seen them, so instead they make it a singles match, and Gigi gets a pin after hitting a spinning sidewalk slam with some help from Robbie and BK on the outside. The Mother Truckers defeated Las Bandidas, who come out with Sofia Lopez escorted. By two police officers, Holly Swag gets the pin on Vivian Rivera after hitting a full Nelson into a clothesline for the pin. And then after the match, these police officers arrest the mother truckers. So it looks like they are going back to jail. The main event for the Women of Wrestling Championship, Penelope Pink, retains by defeating Princess Aussie. Aussie had a pretty good match here until Lana Star distracts the referee as Pink takes out Aussie with her title for the win. But after the match, we have the long-awaited return of the Beast as she comes out to take out Penelope. This looks like to be the season finale of Women of Wrestling, and next week it's going to be a recap show, and then we're going to go right into the next season with a new set of tapings. 
Speaking of new, NWA Power has a season premiere and has a brand new look here. New set, new entrances, the feel, overall look, and presentation of the show is getting an overall here, including the entrances that are core, more like cinematic. Actually, reminds me of Women of Wrestling a little bit, the way they come out. Uh, they kind of show some of the entrance as well as some of the music. Um, so definitely a pretty cool presentation here for NWA. And we have some matches here as Maxine Impala defends the World Women's Television Championship against Taylor Rising after destroying her with a big clothesline, and a Max kept attacking Rising after until Natalia Morkova comes out to save her. Aaron Stevens and Blunt Force Trauma were at the podium watching the BFT get the win over Knox and Murdoch at NWA 75 as Stevens puts his new tag team champions over. The Immortals defeated the Outrunners after Otison had a spinning elbow off the ropes while Kratos was holding Truth Magna for the pen. Sa- Sam Letourneau was with Zicky Dice who says he just wrapped up a two-year comedy tour, I guess talking about Impact, and now he's back in NWA. And says it's a mini tournament to see who will challenge for the TV title and claim himself to still be champion, even though he lost it back in 2020. Kyle Davis interviewed Pretty Empowered, celebrated themselves winning their titles, and said that there is no challengers anymore for them. Brady Pierce defeated Rolando Freeman after hitting a top rope elbow drop. This is coming off of Brady turning on the Spectaculars at NWA 75 and, I guess, leaving the Spectaculars. Kyle Davis spoke with EC3 after retiring Tyrus and beating him for the NWA World's Heavyweight title, as now they look forward to the new era and he will defend the title everywhere, even on Mars, and warns Tom, Alimer, Tom Latimer for next week, so it looks like that might be his next challenger. And the main event here, Alex Taylor, Kerry Morton, and Silas Mason of the Southern Six defeated the Fixers LLC, uh, who is Wrecking Ball Logurski, Matt Vine, and the Fixer, who is um, Sal the Powell here. There is no Jay Bradley. Kerry Morton hit the kiss of goodbye for, on the Fixer for the pen. On NXT Level Up, we have the debuting Riley Osborne defeating Javier Bernal. Osborne is Josh Terry, who was a new signing that was in the UK indie scene and spent some time on NXT UK as Josh Morrell from 2018 to 2022, but mostly in an enhancement talent role. He even had a match on 205 Live in 2018, so he's definitely been on WWE's radar for a while here, but making his first ever match here stateside, he had a fantastic looking shooter star press for the win, looking very impressive. Uh, I don't see him spending much time in it, level up, I feel like this guy is definitely ready to be on the main show. Stevie Turner makes her return, her first television match since January, and also making her level up debut, defeating Valentina Faraz, getting the win after hitting the double knees to the back, and then pinning her Rhea Ripley style. And then we have a Global Heritage Invitational Block B match, as Duke Hudson gets two points by defeating Akiro Tozawa after putting his knees up to block a top rope senton from te- uh, Tozawa, followed by the Razor's Edge for the pen. And Tozawa is also making his level-up debut in this match. And on WWE main event, Katana Chance defeated Chelsea Green. A bit of an upset here, pinning the champion after her jumping. Spinning flatliner type of finisher. And JD McDonough defeated Akiro Tozawa in a pretty good match after hitting the devil inside. That is it for me this week. You guys can catch me here next week for another episode of Shot in the Dark. <laughs>